Hi, I'm Princess Rara. And I'm Dara, the Electro Khaleesi. And this is Pink Kink, the podcast where we talk about the pretty, twisted side of kink. Today's episode is produced by our electrifying pink kinksters, Knight, J, Nova Hedonist, Tempest, Brianna Lynn, Nora Borealis, Fabe, Embers, Mama D, and Daddy J. Pink Kink runs off the generosity of our devoted patrons. As a patron, you will become a member of our special Discord server, receive some adorable Pink Kink stickers, as well as have access to a monthly behind-the-scenes podcast. In addition, our impactful and electrifying Pink Kinksters get special audio and video episodes. And finally, patrons at our highest tier will be recognized as producers, both here on the podcast and on our website. If you would like to become a patron, you can visit us at patreon.com slash pinkkinkpodcast or click the link at pinkkinkpodcast.com. I just want to take a quick minute and say thank you to Galen Starr, who gave us these amazing, beautiful sound dampening panels that are really upping the quality of our podcast. Oh my God, they're so much better. Thank you so much, Galen. Now, Galen runs a website, a blog called galenstarbound.com, where he talks about beautiful bondage and dark desires. It's a great website if you want to know more information about rope and rope suspension. I know he's got something special planned, I think, for the summer, where he's going to do a road trip going around the country. Oh, that'll be so much fun to look at. So check out galenstarbound.com and see all the beautiful photos that he's posted and to learn more about rope and bondage. So Dara, today we are going to talk about domination and submission, the middle letters of BDSM. Ooh, this is a huge topic. Because when people think about BDSM, this is where they tend to go straight to with their minds, to what we call DS. It is a pretty big part of uh, BDSM and the relationships. Now, if you're new to DS, you probably have this vision in your mind of what it is. Maybe you've seen pictures of a man, well-dressed man, standing there in a suit, standing next to possibly a semi-naked woman who is on her knees looking up at him adoringly. Perhaps some collars. Naked submissives crawling, lots of floggers and paddles. That's pretty much what you pictured when you first got into the DS, BDSM lifestyle, isn't it? Well, it is because I pictured myself being that naked woman on her knees, looking adoringly up at her dom. You do do that pretty well. I've seen it. You look good. That is one form of DS that you will see in a dynamic, but it barely scratches the surface of this amazing aspect of BDSM. At its roots... DS is the mental side of the kink lifestyle. Not that it can't also include all the fun physical stuff of floggings and spankings and whips, but it really is all about the mental side, the control that the dom has over another person, the submissive. It's still a relationship. It is still a real relationship, just that one partner has a set set of behaviors, customs, rituals, routines that the other partner has consented to follow. It's a framework of how consenting adults have decided to interact with each other. Many people have preconceived notions about how DS works. They get an idea in their head of what is right and what is wrong. I saw just the other day, in fact, somebody had said, how do I get my husband to want to do DS more? And somebody responded with, well, why wouldn't he want to do it? He could have sex anytime he wants. 
He could order blowjobs whenever he feels like it. It seemed in this person's mind that that is what DS was about. That's not how it works, though. I also had a bit of an experience. I don't do certain things in my professional aspect of kink. When I do electro sessions, I don't do certain things. I don't necessarily give happy endings unless they are a person that I'm already close with. Happy endings ain't exactly my thing. This person wanted a happy ending. I wasn't going to give it. It's not part of what I do. And he requested a sub to do so that I would provide. Oh, yeah. Just 1-800-CALL-A-SUB? Sure. (laughs) (laughs) That should be a thing. (laughs) Might be. If not, I'm laying claim to it. It's my idea. Okay. So you're going to be the 1-800-SUB? Is that your new side hustle? I'll be the lady who answers it. (laughs) Okay. Well, I I had to tell him, no, that's not how it works. And it just seems to be that that's how a lot of people view it. It's just, hey, you're a sub, you do what I want, sex it up. So before we get into what DS really is versus the myths, let's define for you exactly who a dominant is, or as we call them, the big D, and the submissive, or as we call it, the little S. Because there are different kinds of dominants and submissives. And each one is valid. Let's reiterate that. Every kind of dominant, every kind of submissive is a dominant and a submissive. They are all valid ways of practicing DS. And they are all real. No one type is better than another type. It's really just about the type of submission you want to give and receive and the level of control you need in your relationship. I will admit, I do have some preconceived prejudices about certain types. Oh, really? What? I'm not a brat tamer. I get turned off by brats most of the time. Well, I was trying to be a little more PC about what I said, but brat things, not my thing. Now, as a little, I will brat, but there's a lot of preconceived notions about bratting that I definitely have, and I'm trying to work on it. I've been schooled on this. Trust me. We are always a work in progress. That we are. Totally agree. I think we need to start with the difference between a top and a dom. Exactly. I hear the term dom used a lot when the proper terminology really is top. And that's when you're talking about just a particular scene. So they're not exactly interchangeable. Correct. A top is the person who's giving during a scene versus a dom is the person who has control. They have control over another person. They're making the rules. They're enforcing the behavior. They're setting the protocols and procedures that the submissive follows. So a top is just for a scene, not in a relationship. Correct. And the dom is more of the relationship aspect? Agree. Okay. Now, it is important to note that dom is short for dominant, not domineering. You know what's really funny about that? I literally just read that in Fifty Shades of Grey. That's an actual line. Are you giving our listeners hints to upcoming episodes? I might have just dropped that as a little Easter egg type thing. Yeah. (laughs) Being a dom does not mean you get to be an asshole. I mean, you can be an asshole anyway, but it doesn't give you the right to be an asshole. Domineering, simply for the sake of controlling someone else, can be dangerous, both emotionally and psychologically. While a dominant controls for the benefit of the submissive, for the betterment, and always has their welfare at heart. Another way that you can describe dominance is by genderifying it, master or mistress. The master, which is the male or male identifying, or mistress, which is female or female identifying, holds ownership of the other person. Right. A lot of people kind of view the master and mistress as 
They've got more rules. It's stricter. It holds a higher protocol level than just a dom. When I first started, I was uh, referred to as mistress a lot. Did have one person that I played with who did not like the term mistress. And we negotiated for a different term. And I actually, if I remember correctly, we came up with, he called me Domina. Oh, that's nice. I like that one. That came about because at the time, Spartacus was a really, really popular show. And I liked the idea of being Lucy Lawless. Well, she's hot as fuck. I mean, hell yeah. Definite girl crush on that one. Now, some people also use the term owner in place of a master or mistress. They call their their dominant my owner because they feel it better describes their relationship because that the dominant owns the submissive. Okay, I can see that. It's a little more, it's more neutral. And if it describes more of a TPE relationship, I can see that would be a little better. And let's just clarify for a minute for people. TPE is total power exchange. And we'll talk about that a little bit more when we get further into this topic. Another word that you can use for the dominant is the daddy, mommy, or caregiver terms. A daddy dom is a variation from a traditional dominant. They are still dominant. But in this one, they consider their sub's inner child as part of the dynamic. And in a lot of cases, it's not so inner child. (laughs) Uh, Littles tend to be very outer child. (laughs) I've seen your little. I agree. Uh, I slip into little mode very easily. I Lately, know that. Yes, you have been. Uh, that's not my fault. Yeah, but what's really funny is when you slip into little mode, it brings out my sarcastic teenage middle. That's because I'm basically your little sister when we go into those. My annoying little sister. I love you. Love you too. <laughs> now, here's what's interesting about the term daddy or daddy dom. It actually is gender neutral. I have seen females caregivers who still have themselves called daddy they are their little's daddy regardless of their gender i wonder why that is actually i mean like i can understand it but i'm wondering if there's a reason if you are female identifying and still wanting to be called daddy well i think it maybe it's that whole daddy's girl your daddy's girl type okay. thing where there's that special relationship between a daddy and his girl and so therefore maybe I, I don't know. I'm I don't actually, I'm that. very curious about that. All right. So if there's anybody out there who's listening, who is female identifying, but calls themselves daddy in the relationship, please let us know why. We want to learn. I would love to know why. One significant thing about the caregiver role is they get pleasure from spoiling, rewarding, disciplining, and punishing their little as they see fit and consider themselves to be protectors. The relationship is very loving. It is nurturing. It can be pretty long term and they may include some level of age play. There's a lot going on in a DS relationship that takes the form of a caregiver and the little being cared for. Now, please keep in mind that all of these labels and definitions that we've talked about are not set in stone. A dom can be just as strict as a master or a mistress or as loving and nurturing as a caregiver. A caregiver can be just as sadistic as a master or mistress. The labels are really just a starting points, but you can call yourself whatever you want and whatever you and your partner agree to. And your relationship is whatever you want and whatever you and your partner agree to. Right. Like I said before, we've changed words. Some words have different connotations for you. Some words may be like I was called domina. Because the person didn't want to call me mistress. It had a bad connotation for him. I mentioned before on a previous episode 
that I will not refer to anybody else as daddy, even though they refer to themselves as a daddy dumb. I don't care. You're not my daddy. You don't get that title. I will refer to somebody as Poppy. I like that. I do too. He's pretty cute. And I won't be called Madam because that's too old. I'm not that old. I refuse to be that old. (laughs) You don't look that old and you don't act old. So that's pretty appropriate. I prefer that my submissives call me princess. Of course you do. Of course I do. Because I'm a princess. Now, my daddy refers to me as princess, but it's a completely different way of looking at it. Like I said, it's all about the connotation and how you feel. That's perfect because that leads us right into talking about submissives. Now, again, similar to dominance, these labels are fluid, they're flexible, and you and your partner can use whatever terminology you are comfortable with. It's part of the negotiation for the entire relationship. Put it in there. Oh, I like how you threw in about negotiations. Well done. Yeah, I thought I'd just swing that in there as a reference. Well, if you can slip in hashtag aftercare salami into oh this, my I'll God. give you bonus points. <laughs> I think you just gave yourself bonus points for that one. I can't believe you did that. <laughs> For the last week, all anybody has talked about in our Discord is salami. No, not week. Two days. Two days. For the last two days, it's been all about the salami. Yes, jokes in there too. We have a lot of double entendres going on with the salami as well. We probably should also mention that we pre-record. So it'll actually be a couple of weeks after that episode aired before this one comes out. We're probably still going to be talking about salami. What was if that? I have anything to do with it, we will be talking about hashtag aftercare salami <laughs> forever. <laughs> so side note, after our electrifying impact scene that we recorded for our Patreon members, I might have surprised Rara with some aftercare salami that I got for her. she does love me. <laughs> I pay attention. <laughs> I actually got a letter through IG this morning from somebody who said that their parents had salami for dinner and they can never look at a salami (laughs) the same again. (laughs) So my job here is done. (laughs) It's going to be salami forever. That's going to come up in like every episode now. What type of sub are you? I'm a salami sub. (laughs) (laughs) So your, your job is to simply provide salami for the dominant. That's it. That's your entire submissive world. That's it. It's all about the salami, baby. Can we... <laughs> okay, there was a new hashtag. Hashtag, it's all about the salami, baby. <laughs> and this time we're not even on cold medication. This is just what we're like normally, people. <laughs> no, that actually scares me. <laughs> this is normal? Oh, shit. All right, so since we talked about the difference between top and dom, let's quickly remind everybody what the difference is between a bottom and a sub. You know what's funny? Every time somebody mentions doing something to their bottom... I immediately think of your ass. Aww. Not your ass specifically, but like the general ass. That you, it was special about my ass. Okay, well, your ass is pretty special and I did get to, oh my God, this is going to come out really bad. I just (laughs) heard it in my head. I did get to fuck with it the (laughs) other day. (laughs) I heard that in my head and it sounded so much better. (laughs) It was a beautiful moment in time, folks. And if you become a Patreon, then you'll get to see amazing videos of just that kind of fun stuff we do. Impactful or electrifying only. Difference between a bottom and a sub. The bottom is for a scene only. It is the person who is receiving whatever the fun is that you guys are doing together. And a sub, like we said with the dominant, is more of the relationship aspect. That's the one where you have negotiated and you are under the control. I guess I can say control because... I think you need to say control. 
I mean, I don't like the idea. It, again, it's all about the connotation. I don't like the idea of being under someone's control because for the most part, I'm pretty fucking independent. But my little is the submissive and she is under the control of daddy. And one of the reasons I love being a submissive is because I'm in control all the other time. So if I can have one aspect of my life that I don't have to control and somebody else can, sign me up. Well, we are kind of control freaks. So that makes sense that we need some sort of release. Very common, actually, among subs. In case anybody was wondering, submissive does not mean you are weak. In fact, many, many submissives are actually strong people in control of their life, their business life, their family life. And because they are constantly controlling everything, they need a break. And submission allows them to take that break. I have noticed that. I have been in this scene since I was 19 years old. So a very fucking long time. That is the thing that I noticed first. I generally have male submissives. Most of them are very strong men with various degrees of control in their jobs, various degrees of assertive in their jobs, more authoritative, and they need a break. So that's where I come in. There's also slaves. The definition of what a slave is will probably vary depending upon who you ask. But usually we look at it as someone who has consented to surrender themselves as property of their owner, their duties, their expectations, clothing, diet routines, everything else might be more regulated than just a submissive is. And again, that's negotiated into the dynamic. You don't just want somebody who says, here's what I require. This is what you're going to eat. This is what you're going to do. This is what you're going to wear without talking about it. You're not surrendering everything to what that person wants. You're putting in what you want as well. You may have also heard the term domestic servant. It is basically somebody who lives to serve and fulfill the needs of the household. It could include things like doing the laundry, doing the cooking, the food shopping, the cleaning of the house. So 1950s housewife. Again, yes, something you might have heard the term 1950s housewife. Exactly. Back before women went out and had jobs. I actually really like that one. I do it as not necessarily as part of my dynamic all the time. It's more of a when I need, I don't know what you call it. I guess it's more of a role play thing for me. Okay. But I do enjoy that one. And as a princess, I really don't enjoy that one. <laughs> well, part of my little sub side is acts of service. Oh, I like that. That's a, one of my love languages, especially the subby little side. No other part of me is subby except for the little, but it is, it's an act of service for me to be the domestic servant. And oddly enough, my middle is not submissive. I, that's not that odd. She's, she's a, a teenager. She's a teenage brat. Right, exactly. You know, teenagers are rebellious. Of course, they're not going to want to do housework. My little wants to help daddy. Aww. My little wants daddy to praise the shit out of me. And to do that, I like doing chores. Okay. I don't like, personally, I don't like doing chores. The little likes doing chores. I know we talk about my little, my middle, my whatever side, like they're different people. They kind of are. We'll have to do a future episode on littles and middles specifically so that we can better explain that part of our personalities and why we refer to them in the third person. It is a bit strange, I'll admit. Another one is pets. They are submissives who enjoy playing the role of an animal, quite often a puppy, a kitten. I've seen birds. We have a few that are wolves. I've we never know. seen a bird. Oh, we Do they fly around? Well, the one that I'm referring to uh, is not so much of a submissive as a furry, but he wears a bird costume. Wow. Yeah. I want to see that. He's actually a pretty cute bird. 
So this may involve imitating the sounds of the animals, crawling on all fours, being hand-fed, petting, cuddling, wearing a cute collar that has the name of the pet. Because, you know, you can be called, you're called princess, I'm called princess, baby girl. The pet may have a different name. Right. And in some of more extreme levels, the dominant might restrict their pet's movement by keeping them in a cage. Or they might have rules saying they can't go on the furniture or even force them to use a litter box as their toilet. I have never had that experience, but I don't have a whole lot of experience with pets other than the people that come to my little parties. Like that's my entire experience with pets. Pets are something new for me. So I'm really curious. I love to learn about the different ways that people do their BDSM. I think that would also be a really cool future episode. But for something like that, we may need to have a guest. I think we need somebody who identifies as a pet because we can only guess at some of this. Yeah, I really don't have that much experience. But an area we do have experience in both of us is baby girl slash baby boy. Yeah, we do. Now, this is one of the most misunderstood classifications of submissive. Even within the BDSM world, there seems to be some stigma attached to being a baby girl and doing DDLG. Again, we're going to remind you, this is not about pedophilia. This is not about pedophilia. Can we say that again? Like, how many times can we Loudly that? for the folks in the back, please. This is not pedophilia or pedophilia related. You've heard us use the term little, middle, and it is not necessarily interchangeable with baby boy or baby girl because littles and baby boys, baby girls are actually different classes of submissive. Not everyone who identifies as a baby girl, baby boy would also identify as a little or middle. So what's the difference between them, just to make it a little more clear? Well, to me, in my opinion, baby girl, baby boy is a more generalized term. It is the umbrella that all of these other terms fall under. Because not everybody who identifies as a baby girl or baby boy will say that they have a little within them or a middle. Well, that kind of reminds me of your experience when you first joined the community and the lifestyle. You referred to yourself as a baby girl. Right. Not necessarily as a middle. I didn't really identify my middle at first. I took the term little because at the time, being new and not understanding, I thought if I was a baby girl, I must be little. But I've since realized they are separate. I know several people who will tell you that they participate in a DDLG relationship. They identify, in their case, as a baby girl, but they are not a little. See, and that's confusing to me. Uh, well, you know what? No, that's not as confusing because in my opinion and from my framework from that I'm working with here... A baby girl or a baby boy, wouldn't that be in the ABDL category? I don't think so. Okay. Because to me, that is the general term. So littles, middles, ABDL fall under the baby boy, baby girl. And to umbrella. me, it's the opposite. I go little as the umbrella term, and then I have the baby part as the ABDL, and then there's... Well, wh where would the middles fall, though? Because they would not fall under the little umbrella. I have no idea. Welcome to the problem of labels, folks. Yeah, it's um, it's confusing. And again, it's all about context. It's all about where you're coming from, what you've learned. It's it's very, it's funky. And this is why we talked in our negotiations episode about discussing terminology with your partner, because you need to have the same definition for these terms. And as you can see, just between Dar and I, we don't have the same definitions. We have way different experiences with one, how we got into the lifestyle, how long we've been in the lifestyle. And again, Rara jumped into it face first. I did. I, on the other hand, 
have always been the person that kind of wades into the water. I we dip call my you toes. Exactly I dip toe my dipper. ankles. I go up to my knees. I go, fuck, that's cold. And then I get out for a few yeah, minutes. Yeah, I just threw my clothes off to the side and jumped in. Went, As Wee! usual. Uh, that's what she does at parties, too, folks. She <laughs> just jumps in naked and is like, hey, the party started. Now we are up to princess. And that is how I identify. Now, a princess is different in that she is willing to serve and submit. You like how I'm talking about this? Like, it's not really me, but it is me. Exactly. Okay. We already talked about so how just, we have that separate. Should I just say I? I am willing to serve and submit, but only if I get what I want at the end of the day. Which is usually what? I want to be pampered and spoiled and treated like the princess that I know I am. But in return, I will take very, very good care of my daddy. So you do it for a personal benefit? Yes. Okay. I guess so. I mean, my attitude is if I make him happy, he'll make me happy. Okay. And what happens if he doesn't? If he doesn't make me happy? Mm-hmm. I probably stamp my feet. <laughs> and for me, I already explained this part. It's definitely more of an acts of service. So I will do things, the, the little side of me will do things that I, the older dominant side of me would normally go, oh, hell no, I ain't doing that. Are you kidding me? But it's part of who I am when I'm in little space. And the only thing that I need from my daddy when I've accomplished that is a smile and some praise. You know, we were talked about love languages previously. I guess it's acts of service combined with words of affirmation. I have physical touch with words of affirmation. I do love hearing the words good girl. Oh, I live for that. Which is why I had them tattooed on my hip. (laughs) Because that way, if I don't have anybody around to tell me, I'll just look at myself and go, oh, look, see, right there it says, I'm a good girl. Must be true if it's written on me. Hashtag BDSM tattoos. Yes. Oh, that sounds pornographic. (laughs) Well, isn't that the point? I mean, yours isn't exactly pornographic. No. It's princess pretty. Oh, my tattoo is completely princess related. It says, daddy's good girl. And then it has all my favorite things. Makeup, high heels. In fact, I have a picture of the silver high heel tattooed on me. <laughs> the ones that you wore to the first munch that you ever I went to? I don't think to? it's a six inch heel, but um, that would have taken up your entire thigh. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say my princess is sort of related to the next one, which is brat. Because my princess can get bratty. Well, my little can get bratty as well, even though I don't necessarily like brats. It just kind of slips out. Can't help it sometimes. Yeah, the foot stomping thing is part of it, right? It can be. Now, a brat is a submissive who enjoys talking back, misbehaving, and generally being difficult in order to get attention or have their needs met. I've seen brats in scenes, and there's a whole lot of make-me happening. So as, as a top, as a dominant, I don't like doing that. It annoys me because I'm the dominant that like, I expect it to be done. It will be done. Shut up and just go do it. My little, on the other hand, daddy has this new thing now. For our anniversary, I got him his equivalent of a collar. I got him a bracelet. I got it engraved. It's really, really nice. He makes me kiss it. And I'm like, the dominant in me is like, fuck you. (laughs) That's your collar. It's like making him kiss my necklace that he got me as my collar. But the little side of me, it kind of combines. I go top dominant going, fuck no. And the little side of me wanting to please daddy, they're kind of, they combine and form a brat. One of my favorite scenes that I bottomed for brought out the absolute brat in me. He's playing with our friend John and he was hitting me and he took a break to check in with me. He said, how are you doing? And I looked at him and I said, I'm totally good. But you know, if you're tired, we can certainly take a break. Oh my God. What did he do to that? Oh, the hitting that commenced after that comment. 
showed me he was not tired. He was hitting me with what we lovingly call the motherfucker. One of my favorite. <laughs> I like that one. One of my favorite implements that he has. He was hitting me with the motherfucker. I don't think he was holding back. I think he was hitting me at 100% strength. And I just started laughing because this is what a brat wants. A brat acts out to get a rise out of their dom, to get some reaction of some sort. And the funny thing is, is we did this at a public event. And here he is hitting me full strength with the motherfucker. You could hear that thing thwack. That good sound effect? I bet there was not a peep out of you. Oh, no, I was laughing so loud and so hard. The giggles. And I couldn't see anything because I'm on a spanking bench. So only my ass is where is, is what could see. And John said, we had a lot of people turning around and stopping because you could hear how hard he was hitting me. And it made people nervous. But here I am being hit at full capacity, laughing loudly. It's a fond memory that John and I like to remember a lot. You're fucking nuts. We've established that. I am like personally offended on behalf of John. John, I apologize for Rara being such a bitch. He actually thanked me afterward. Oh my lord. Because it was fun for him too. You know, some, some doms identify as brat tamers and they're very proud of that. And they like having a brat. They don't want somebody who's just going to do what they say. They want somebody who's going to make them work for it. So in our episode, when we talk about littles, middles, babies, brats, all of that, because it is under the same kind of umbrella, we should probably talk about when it's not okay to brat. Oh, yeah. Because there are definitely times when it's not okay. As with any behavior, there's a time and a place. So Rara getting the shit beat out of her with the motherfucker bratting and giggling. There's always a time and place for that. Of course there is. (laughs) Just like with any other relationship. There's different BDSM relationship types out there. More specifically, the different kinds of dom and sub relationships. Exactly. Now, before you enter into any arrangement or relationship involving DS, please make sure that you understand the different styles and that you use the information to determine which one works best for you and negotiate the fuck out of it. Because if you want one thing and your partner's thinking something else, You're going to have a huge problem. And please don't be that person who just concedes and does the type of relationship that your partner wants when you are not getting anything out of it. That's just dangerous. And this isn't set in stone either. You can agree today that this is what you want. And after trying it for a week or two, you decide you need to make some adjustments. You can do that. Absolutely. Sit down with each other. And that's not just the sub needs to make adjustments. The dom can make adjustments as well. Continuous negotiation within the relationship. Again, it's any relationship is all about the communication. Number one rule in any relationship, vanilla or otherwise, it's all about continuous communication. In our case, negotiation is part of that communication. Now, the first type of DS relationship you probably have heard is the bedroom only. So any dom-sub relationship, any control issues are just within the bedroom. Now, let's be honest here for a second. That doesn't mean literally just within the bedroom. It just means you're talking really just about the sexual part of your relationship. So if you're doing it on the living room sofa, that's still called bedroom only. But it's not. It's in the living room. I know. How can that be the bedroom? Work with me here. Okay. I don't come up with these names. I just tell you about them. My point was, it's all about the context <laughs> and how you look at it. And I, I might have slipped into a little bit of <laughs> a little bit of mode right there. there. <laughs> I like doing that to her. It's funny. It, as I said, my annoying little sister. Yeah, I can. I do that very who's well. Who's taller than me, but you're still my little sister. <laughs> but everybody's taller than I'm me. Like, He's an adult. I'm like six inches taller than you. 
All adults are taller than me. You just wait till later when I wear those heels. And I'll probably be flat-footed because I will be naked. So it's all good. Eh, We got this. All right. Now, it might have started out just as some role play and some kinky fantasy, but you've morphed into some clearly defined roles where the dom gets to decide what's happening as far as your sexual relationship is going. And once the scene is over, you can revert into the more typical roles with very little, no power exchange. It's however you want. There might be titles during the scene. There might be tasks or rituals, other things that are normally associated with DS in the bedroom, figuratively, not literally. Or in the living room sofa. Of course. Or, you know, the kitchen island. Ooh, we that can was... come up with so many places. I mean, there's a lot of things. I did it in the garden once outside. That was fun. <laughs> I'm yeah. trying to picture this and yet not all at the same time. I mean, we got covered in dirt. <laughs> it was actually, it was disgusting, but also really fun. I'll never look at your garden the same now. Well, Thanks. it wasn't this particular garden. Oh, good. <laughs> so you can go in my backyard and look at the garden <laughs> right. just fine. Now, there's also power exchange relationships. And those can fall into subsets of total power exchange. You've also probably heard the term 24-7. My thoughts about 24-7 versus total power exchange may be different than yours. But I know when I am in a DS relationship, I am 24-7. But I am not total power exchange because I'm not giving up control over everything. I am also currently in a 24-7 dom-sub relationship. That's where the daddy little part comes in. But I don't see it as a total power exchange. Now, total power exchange is one of the more extreme DS relationships. In this situation, the partner has assumed total control over their submissive on a full-time basis. So not just the sex... But it could include what clothes you're wearing that day, your workouts, your eating habits, finances even. Even finances. And finances is actually the reason I will never be total power exchange. Again, I'm married to my 24-7 dominant. So we do financial stuff, but that's not part of the dynamic. That's part of the marriage stuff. But I'll be damned if my dom tells me I can't buy the pair of shoes that I want. Fuck that. I just bought a cute pair of pink Converse the other day, and I want to be able to do more stuff like that. Well, you can. Because I don't have a TPE. Yeah, I'm not ever going to be in that kind of relationship because, again, the only aspect of me that is submissive is the little. Now, some people will call, I think, what we did a partial power exchange, but it's still 24-7. So we'll give up control over some things negotiated beforehand, but we view the dynamic as being 24-7 because there's never a moment we are not our doms submissive. Right. And there's certain key phrases that he'll say that make me slip directly into little mode and it it can just go at any point. That's why I consider mine 24-7 because it's not a scene, it's my life. Well, and it's also when I had my last DS relationship, which was 24-7, and I had it with a dom who I did not live with, and we did not see each other every day. But every time I made a decision, I made sure my decision was within the rules that had been set forth for me. I would think, am I okay with doing this? Will my dom be okay with doing this? And that's why it was 24-7, because I never didn't think about my dom when making decisions. It's a really high level of commitment and responsibility to have that kind of relationship, both from the dominant point of view and the submissive point of view. It's a big thing. It takes a lot of work. It does. It's important that, again, you negotiated what will and will not be controlled so that there's no question in either one of your minds. There's also non-physical or maybe just a platonic relationship. 
So everybody tends to think of DS as being all about the sex. It's totally not. And it doesn't have to be. There are plenty of people who have happy, enjoyable DS relationships that are virtual, that have no physical experience or exchange. People are connecting over the phone these days through FetLife, through OkCupid, other sites. And they're not actually physically together, but they have still made the decision to form a DS relationship. You'll hear things as the LDR long distance relationship. And I have mentioned this before. I used to do that a lot. I had a sub who from East Coast to West Coast, that was what we did. And we did a lot of phone stuff. We did a lot of stuff online through the game that we both played. We did a lot of it through that. And my one of my very first tops was a 14 hour time difference. And he was amazing. And it was all through phone or through text exchange. Okay, you can do it that. I had my last DS relationship. It's actually one of my favorite stories. So we had met when we were dating other people. Our relationships each broke up, but we remained friends. And he decided to take it upon himself to start lecturing me <laughs> on all the mistakes that I was making while I was out there trying to find a new dom. So your brat came out in full force, didn't it? Well, what ended up happening is I think I finally yelled at him. Oh, so you think you can teach me to do better? And he said, yes, I think I can. I said, okay, fine, then do it. So he became my dom. See, I told you, your brat came out and slapped him in the face. And then he was like, uh, no, girl. Yeah. And he was actually my dom for a year and a half. And in that time, we probably only physically saw each other maybe five times in that year and a half. That's incredible. And yet we talked every day, all day. It was 24-7 because I had rules. I did not make decisions without talking to him about it. Now, we were also poly. As I was meeting other people and forming relationships with them, it all fell under my DS and I would have to talk to my dom and get his okay to do things. Now, just because a DS relationship is platonic doesn't mean that you don't love and care for each other. As in my example, my dom, we did learn to love each other. And it wasn't an in-love situation. It wasn't a romantic love situation. But you can't really be involved in a DS relationship without your emotions becoming a part of it. Unless you can compartmentalize very well. I've referred to a switch relationship that I had that was very C&C oriented. I was not in love with him. I cared about him. I never actually thought that we would have a, a relationship relationship other than what was in DS. That's the only thing we ever did. And for me, even if I'm not in love with my dom, there is definitely a type of love the kind of love you have like with a friend. This is somebody who is important in my life, who is important in my personal journey. And so I do love them even if I'm not in love. Yeah, I can see that. I definitely was not in love and I definitely didn't love him. I did care about him, but I knew that there wasn't going to be any sort of non-DS relationship with him. So I kind of kept that part separate. I had the same type of thing. We weren't going to ever be anything more than DS, but I know he was hospitalized at one time, worried about him. And I have to say we were close. Yeah. Now, the most important thing to take away from all of this that we've been talking about is there's no right or wrong way to do DS. Whether you're casual, bedroom only, 24-7, or some sort of hybrid form, they're all valid. And they are a way for you to find satisfaction, happiness, love, connection, whatever you are looking for. The only thing that matters is you and your partner figure out what works best for you. You build the trust. You communicate constantly. You always get consent first. 
And then you, as the couple, as the poly, as whatever dynamic you have, it is your relationship. It is up to you. As I like to say, if you and your partner are doing something that, one, you've both consented to, and two, makes you happy and fulfills you, then guess what? You're doing it right. End of story. Don't let anybody else tell you your form of DS is wrong or your form of DS is not real. As long as you are both in agreement and you are both happy, satisfied, and fulfilled, then you're doing it right. So now that we know about the different kinds of doms and subs, we should talk about the actual relationships. Yes. Again, notice how we use the term relationship. This is a relationship, folks. Even if you're not in love with that person and you're not dating per se, it is still a relationship. Exactly. One of the things I want to talk about is the order of the subs needs and wants and the doms needs and wants because I think one of our friends in our lady group said it the best. The order of needs and wants for dominant submissive relationship is the subs needs, the doms needs, the doms wants, the subs wants. Exactly. The reason the subs needs needs to come first is because if the sub is not getting their needs met, they're not going to be able to serve at all. It can be very psychologically damaging. And one of the things that a lot of DS relationships do, like their entire point, is for both people's needs to be met. The first thing you have to do is negotiate and agree on what things the dom will control. Right. Are you having a bedroom only relationship? Is it total power exchange? Partial? Are you willing to let them control your finances? Are you willing to let them control when and how you work out? What about work? Some people don't allow their dom to control anything to do with their professional life. I can see that. That's uh, to me, that would definitely be separate. One of the things I specifically requested when I first met my daddy slash husband when he was only supposed to be BS. That was the entire thing. I didn't actually want to date him. I didn't want a relationship. I was only looking for a daddy. This was when I was exploring a bit more. I specifically requested that I wanted him to choose my panties in the morning. I like that idea. I did that with my first time, especially because we were long distance in order to feel connected to him. He chose my outfits every day. See, I didn't have him choose the entire outfit. I did send him pictures of my folded panties and he would send me back either a picture with numbers on them for the days that I would wear or in the morning he would say, wear this one and send me a text message every single morning. He got up way earlier than me when we first started. Actually, he still does. And he would send me a good morning text message. Good morning, little girl. Good morning, princess. These are the panties I want you to wear. And for me, it was just more of an affirmation that he is in control of this aspect of my life. I belong to him. It's just a way of showing that in a more physical manner. And for me, in addition to that, we talked about the betterment of the submissive. Prior to meeting him, I would wear baggy clothes, pretty much just black. Because at the time, I was a little bit ashamed of my body. I had gained some weight. I didn't feel comfortable and I was trying to hide. So he was trying to get me to learn to love and embrace the body that I had and to not try to hide and to be pretty much just out there. So he would make me wear colors, bright colors. In fact, when I went shopping, I couldn't even buy any clothes without his approval. So I couldn't shop without making sure things were okay. I would be sending him pictures from the dressing room at the stores saying, is this okay? And if it was too baggy or there was too much black, I would get, no, you can't buy that. 
and we overhauled my wardrobe. And then because, you know, OCD Virgo here, I created an entire database Oh my all god. my clothes so that he could pick what see, I was wearing. See, I just sent him pictures of the folded ones when I was doing laundry every week. You you did a database? I did a database. Okay. <laughs> but, you know, it worked because I changed how I looked at my body. I changed how I dressed. And instead of wearing these baggy clothes that I tried to hide, I started to wear more form-fitting clothes and I started to feel sexy. And it just really boosted my self-confidence and the DS did what it was supposed to do, which now, is make me better. Was this something that you requested or was this something he noticed and suggested? Oh, goodness. Probably half and half. Okay. I think the clothes started off with, I wanted something to connect us and I wanted to give him something he could control. It's obviously a lot harder to control somebody when you're D- long distance DS. Right. So So you need something there to pull it together. Right. I'm not sure that I recognized what I was doing as far as wearing all black or wearing loose clothes until he pointed it out. And then I went, oh, yeah, I guess I am. So I think it was more my saying, hey, this is an area you could control and him saying, yes, and I can also help you work through this problem you have. So this was a daily thing that he did? Yes. As long as I left the house, yes. I mean, he obviously didn't control what I was wearing on the weekends if I was just staying home. So that would be, is that part of TPE or would you consider that more of a partial? I would guess in our case, it was more partial just because there were so many things he couldn't control being long distance. And again, I will never give up financial control. Right. I just refuse. I work too hard for the money I make for somebody to tell me what I can and cannot buy with it. For me... It evolved from, we were semi-long distance. He lived about an hour and a half drive away from me. Once we moved in together, it became part of our daily routine. This is where I would probably refer to that as a protocol or rules. Yeah, those two terms get used interchangeably. You can have so many different rules. You can have dozens daily. You can have weekly. Any way that you think about it, these are rules that you negotiated into your relationship. I've seen people do rules that the sub has to make the dom's coffee every day. Ooh, coffee sub. I even know a couple who the dom has a hearing problem out of one ear. So the sub has to walk on the side of the dom where the hearing is better. Ooh, that's a good one. There's also things like you have subs who have to walk on the inside on the sidewalk so that the dom is the one closer to the street. Yeah, so that's one thing that Daddy and I do. I'm not allowed to cross the street by myself and I have to hold his hand. Aww. I mean, unless he's not there, in which case, sure, independent woman, I can go ahead and do that. But when he's there, I'm more likely to be in little mode and he's more likely to be in daddy mode. So he goes, all right, little, give daddy your hand. And I think I don't want to. (laughs) No, a big girl. I can cross the street by myself. And he goes, no, you're too little to cross the street by yourself. Give daddy your hand. I go, okay. I usually have as one of my rules, bedtime, because if I don't, I'll stay up all night. I'm such a night owl and I'll get distracted doing something and it'll be like midnight, 1, 2 a.m. before I realize it and the alarm is going off early the next morning. That's one rule I never needed because I'll go from perfectly fine to passed out and it's usually around the same time. Yeah. Actually, what I did do once is that I asked my dog for a rule, flossing my teeth. I will confess, I was really, really bad about flossing my teeth. Right. Yeah. Right? I think a lot of people are. I asked my dom, could he make it a rule? 
I don't understand why it being daddy's rule meant I was going to follow it versus I'm not following it for otherwise, your which is ridiculous because like I know I need to and I know it's good for my teeth, but I didn't follow it. Well, but once he made it daddy's rule, then it became something, oh, I have to do this. That's a huge part of DS. And where when we talked about the part about the betterment of the sub, these are things that you can say, I need this, figure out some way for me to do this. For example, one of my, I also have the flossing rule, by the way. <laughs> uh, I was just going to stick that one in there. He's all about dental hygiene and I'm like, but I don't want, it takes too much to do it. Okay, fine. One of the things that I find interesting about DS is a lot of people won't do something for the benefit of themselves. They will not. It doesn't matter how good for you it is. It doesn't matter what your doctor says to you. You're just not going to do that. But if somebody else asks you to do it for them, you're more likely to do it. Well, and I'm a good girl sub, which means I don't want to disappoint my daddy. I don't want to break a rule if I can help it. I'm not trying to get attention by breaking rules. I want the attention for following the rules. And so if you give me a rule, I'm going to do everything in my power to make sure I follow it. Yeah. Well, another rule that I've seen a lot of, and I do this plenty of times myself, every time I have a sub, one of my big rules, the very first thing I throw out there is you need to text me good morning. You need to text me good night. A few of them I'll have, you know, throw something in there at some point during the day so that I can check on you. But the morning one, I think, is is the more important one for me, especially the long distance ones that I had. But typically, I don't live with my subs. That morning, good morning rule is it's very, very important everything. to me. Yeah, I've always had that, whether I've been the dom or the sub. I've always had that rule. Now, within rules, then we have something called procedures, which is actually how you accomplish that rule. So perhaps one of your rules is you have to make your dom's coffee. Well, how do they take their coffee? What do you need to put in it? Cream, sugar, two tablespoons, one dash, whatever it is. That's the procedure. If you have to make the bed is one of your rules. How does your dom want you to make the bed? Military style with the folded corners. Those are the procedures. I want to go back to the coffee thing for a second. It doesn't always have to be a coffee sub, as we like to refer to it. It doesn't <laughs> Everybody have to be... needs a coffee sub in their I life, I disagree. <laughs> and here's why. I don't have a coffee sub. I have a coffee daddy. Okay. One of the things that my daddy loves to do is he loves to make me feel better. He pampers me. We talked about the whole princess thing, liking to be pampered. He lo- That's his nurturing caregiving side is pampering me. When I have a bad day, when I'm tired, when I'm sitting on the couch being basically a potato, <laughs> he makes me a coffee. He knows exactly how I like that coffee. He knows the different flavorings. Actually, one of the fun things he likes to do is put in a flavoring and then have me guess what it is. It's actually pretty silly. He's not my sub for doing that. He's my daddy nurturing and taking care of my needs. Oh, I like that. All right. So if anybody wants to be my coffee daddy. (laughs) Is that our next hashtag? My my next hashtag. Rara needs a coffee daddy. (laughs) I like from Starbucks. A... <laughs> a, a vente coconut milk chocolate wow that milker. is really specific just put your order out there and see how many coffees <laughs> coffee daddies send you coffee <laughs> in addition to rules and procedures we tend to have tasks now tasks are those one-time assignments maybe you have to do a book report maybe you've been told to take a sexy selfie and send it i've done that or maybe you've been told go edge yourself 
the the sexy selfie part is actually tied into the underwear thing for me because I had to prove I was actually wearing the underwear when daddy and I first started dating. So I had to take turn around and take this awkward picture of my ass to oh, show yeah. him I was actually wearing it. Ass selfies are not easy, people. Those are hard to do. I don't know how I managed to twist myself into the pretzel that got me an ass picture. I but... actually bought one of those silly selfie sticks specifically to take ass selfies. Yes, I know. I've seen your ass <laughs> selfies plenty of times in group chats. They're <laughs> everywhere. Wasn't that for like Tushy Thursday or something? Oh, we did. We had Tushy Thursday. Now we also have rituals. Rituals are those things that are intended to get us deeper into the whole DS headspace and they're intentional. Now as opposed to routines, they're supposed to be like background habits and things that eventually you don't think about just do. So like the flossing, the nap time, bedtime, whatever it is that you're doing, those are things mostly for the betterment of the person. I think the rituals are betterment of the DS relationship. I would agree. So for instance, maybe part of your one of your rituals is that when your alarm goes off at 6.30 in the morning, you get up from your sleeping spot, you kneel on the side of the bed, until your dom acknowledges you and tells you to start your day. Not something you can do in a long distance or don't live together relationship. Definitely something that you would have to do if you're in the same house. But uh, I actually like that one. That sounds pretty hot. Oh, am I going to hear that you guys are doing that now? Uh, no. No. Okay. I have bad knees. I can't kneel. See? Now, this is where negotiations comes in because you might have a dom who wants you to kneel and you have to explain, I can't. I physically cannot. I I actually physically cannot do it. I've, I've done it a couple of times. If we have, if I need to really, really submit to him, I'll kneel, but he always makes sure he puts down a pillow. But kneeling just on carpet, can't do it. Another thing you have to negotiate is punishment. How is punishment going to work? What would the punishment be? When will it happen? For people who live together, you could have punishment as soon as the infraction happens. But if you don't live together, maybe you set it up once a week. You go over what's happened that week and you keep a log of the infractions and they're dealt with at that time. Well, that also suggests that you're going to be honest about it because I will admit my brat side is going to totally lie her ass off about if I did something wrong. I've done it. It's bad. Well, bad girl. I know, right? It was terrible and I shouldn't have done it. And I'm sorry it wasn't with this current daddy. I will say that because I know he listens. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm a good girl and so I fess up because I feel awful. If you are in a longer distance, not living with each other, whatever it is, relationship, and you give that person a punishment, it is actually harder to tell that they've actually done it. I did have a person who was a prospective sub and he didn't do the punishments. He would regularly miss check-in time and he would not do the assigned punishment. So I was like, yeah, I'm not playing this. Um, I'm going to just say, no, you are not going to be my sub. Sorry, dude. It happens. I mean, DS is all about trust. And if you can't trust that your sub is going to do what you tell them to do unless they're in front of you, maybe that's not the relationship that you want. If you do want that, go ahead, take it. But that's that's usually not for me. Now, a DS relationship is not going to be obvious sometimes. It's not like there's this neon sign over these people's heads going, DS, DS. Sometimes the DS is very subtle. Yes, a lot of times it's very subtle. You may have the Dom be the one to interact with service personnel, ordering for you at a restaurant, knowing you can't speak until spoken to. It's not usually that obvious, right? And sometimes it's a submissive who's doing the serving by taking care of all of that. 
So I had a relationship with the Dom who one of my rules, protocols, procedures, whatever, is that he always had to have a drink. And it was my responsibility to make sure that that drink was refilled. So it could take one of two forms. If we were meeting up at a party, I'd have to have the drink ready for him when he got there. Right. Then once we were there together, I would have to keep an eye on his glass. And as it started to get lower and get empty, it was my job to make sure it got refilled and he had more. I do something similar. Sometimes daddy needs a shower beer and I have to deliver it to him. A shower beer? You've never had a shower beer? I don't drink beer. Okay. Well, that's probably why you've never had a shower beer, but it's a thing. You just okay. you drink a beer in the shower. It's like the combi- it's the relief of having the cold beer in the hot shower after a long day. All right. I'm going to have to take your word for this. It's a thing. Okay. <laughs> Maybe it's just a Daddy J thing, but okay, it's a thing. No, it's a thing. All right. There's also an agreement on what kind of service you're going to do. Is it going to be anticipatory or request-based? So some doms may want you to anticipate what they're going to want and need, and another dom may say no. I don't want you to do anything until I've actually told you. Until you specifically have it requested. Yeah. I will definitely be the one that says, I want this specifically. The anticipatory thing, I don't like that much attention focused all on me all the time, even from a sub. It's I I'm not that kind of dominant where I have it's just not that thing for me. I'd rather say, hey, go get this for me, please. And even though I say please. It will get done. Oh, I'm so glad you actually mentioned that because that falls under the subtlety and this idea that a dom can't say please or thank you. That's bullshit. We're humans first and we're relationship first. It's respect. Respect goes both ways. I have to respect my submissive because they are giving me their submissiveness and I want to earn that. I want to be worthy of that. So yeah, I'm going to treat them like they deserve to be treated, which means please and thank you. Just because you're dom doesn't mean you get to be rude. No, that's just obnoxious and it's not going to get you too many subs. We call them assholes. <laughs> <laughs> One of the things about DS is anything and everything can be DS if you do it the right way. One of the common things that I hear is that a dom cannot give oral sex to their submissive, that that's somehow not dominant. And that is bull fucking shit. I do it all the time. I love giving blowjobs. I'll do it to the sub. Actually, when we're in the bedroom, daddy and I switch and I am mistress in the bedroom and I am the sub everywhere else. First thing I want to do is get his dick in my mouth, but I am the one in control. That makes sense. But even if you were still the submissive in the bedroom, you can do it so that the dominant is giving the oral sex because they're controlling. They're controlling their submissive. A dominant could give orders to the submissive. They could say, don't come while I'm giving you this oral sex. That part's fun. That's a really good game to play. I've done that a bunch of times. It's it's part of orgasm control. Right. The forced orgasms. The dom could say, I'm going to give you oral sex until you've come so many times, you lose all words and thoughts. They're controlling it. They're controlling the timing of it. They're controlling how many. And that can all be done through oral. There's no reason for you to say, uh, no, I'm a dom. I don't do oral. You do oral to me. No, it's give and take just like every other relationship. Some submissives serve by doing impact on their dom because their dom loves impact. I like how you said that. Serve. Mm -hmm. There are service tops. There are service doms and service subs. And I've been both. I mean, I love impact. So if I have a submissive that can give me impact, 
then I know I don't have to worry about trying to find somebody else. I'll just order my submissive to give me impact. And again, that's actually pretty awesome. I've done things like where I'm the dominant, but I want my sub to, I guess you could call it a task or a sexual task for me. And I say, I need you to do this, but I'm the one that is going to be on the bottom for this part. Again, it comes down to control. That is the magic word. If one person is controlling what's happening, even if it's happening to them, if they're controlling it, they're the dom. End of story. Now, DS is not a magic bullet. It is not going to fix a relationship that is broken. You can't think to yourself, oh, if we just do DS, all of our problems will be solved. You still have to work at the relationship. Again, a DS relationship. It's all about the open communication. You are going to have issues in a DS relationship. In fact, one can argue you may even open up the door for more issues in a DS relationship because it's adding one more layer to what you already have. Oh, I couldn't agree more. It's difficult sometimes to have a DS relationship. To give up that control is Even hard. if you need it. Even if you are the person that needs to give up the control, it's difficult. Oh, tell me about it. Control freak. Absolute control freak. Ditto. It is really hard to let go of that control despite the fact that I know I need to. So it just adds more layers of difficulty to a relationship. Well, that's it for this episode on DS relationships. If you have any questions, comments, suggestions, please reach out to us on pinkkinkpodcast.com and we'll try to help you find answers. Thank you for hanging out with us today. If you have a question you would like answered or just have a story about the lifestyle you want to share, you can send us a voicemail and maybe it will be shared in a future episode. Just go to pinkkinkpodcast.com to contact us. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and FetLife at the handle Pink Kink Podcast. Join our Facebook group, Pink Kink Podcast, and hang out with other pink kinksters. If you love what we do and are able to help support us, we are on Patreon. Just look for us on patreon.com slash pink kink podcast. Even if you can't show your support financially, there are other ways you can help. You can spread the word about our kinky podcast and tell your friends about us. You can also rate and review pink kink on Apple podcasts or wherever you listen. The five star reviews really help. Don't forget to subscribe to pink kink. So you don't miss a minute of the fun. New episodes come out every Friday. So until next time, stay pretty, stay safe, and stay twisted.